had a couple weeks off here. Had had Christmas and uh, New Year's was New Year's Day was yesterday, I guess. And yeah, yeah. How how was uh, how's the break been for you? It's been good. We've had some colds and snuffles and sniffles and stuff, but uh, but we're good. Yeah, my my allergies been giving me a fit. My my voice is somewhat there, but uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we had all the uh, we had we did a little trip after Christmas and got back a couple of days ago now and yeah, did our traditional New Year's Eve or New Year's Day foods yesterday at my grandmother's. Okay. We talked about that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Here, so had 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 the pork and had uh, cabbage for the greens and black eyed peas and cornbread. Okay, so, all right, I thought about that. All right. So yesterday I finished uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Brent, I think is his last name. Okay. I love I love anything Savannah. Sure. And of course, the whole book takes place in Savannah. Um, okay, so the book is about the Jim Williams murder trial, uh, where the murder took place there in the Williams Mercer House. I think that's in Montgomery Square. All right, now it involves a woman named Minerva okay who practices it's not voodoo but it's it's close to voodoo okay I, I forget how you pronounce it she um Jim Williams uses her he's trying to pull out any stop he can to win his trial and he incorporates her to uh use the black magic and the good magic to his benefit in the courtroom. Okay. All right. She starts having problems where it's obviously not working for her, what she's doing. And so, um, and, and the, the name of the book, I'm getting around to this, to the pork and the, the, the black eyed peas and the cabbage in a sec. But the, the name of the book comes from, you go to the, to the garden, the cemetery at 1130. Okay. And you do the evil things up until midnight, and then you do the and then you do stuff for the good things after midnight. Okay. So if you want to put a curse on somebody, you, you you're there at the grave, and you do something up until midnight, and then after midnight, if you want something to benefit you, then you call upon those dead, whatever, to help you out. Okay. Okay. Well, she really starts running into problems. Minerva does, and so she. She says, there's these six dead women that she knows of that used to do all this stuff. And she calls them the witches. Okay. And she says to him, to Jim Williams near the end of the book, she says, we're running into, I got to really pull out all the stops. I got to go feed the witches and you need to come with me. And he says, okay. And so they, they take this little John boat out to this little itty bitty graveyard off of Oates Island, which is near Tybee Island. Okay. Near Savannah. And, um, and she lays out. A full-out New Year's feast at these graves. Interesting. And he and John Brent just says that he 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 doesn't mention New Year's at all. But she lays out black-eyed peas, cabbage, uh, pork, meat, um, like ho hog jaws. Yes, yeah. yeah. And she says these ladies were old, and the old folk like the good stuff. So I'm putting all this out, blah blah blah. And I was just like, wait a minute, this is a New Year's Eve thing. New and Year's it, Day thing. Yeah, New Year's, yeah, New Year's yeah. Day thing. And she says, um, she looks at him, and he kind of looks at her like perplexed, probably thinking what I, the reader, am thinking. And she says, hey, I have to feed the witches. And then they, they move on from that. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
So uh, I don't think I gave anything away about the murder trial, if you haven't read the book. But um, yeah, that just kind of blew me away. And then when you brought it up again just now, I was like, I got to bring this up. Sure, sure. You ever heard of that? Uh, I, the only time I've ever heard of those foods is in the context of New Year's? This is what you eat on New Year's Day. Okay. So. Okay. Now, New Year's Eve, my wife's family, her mother's, no, her dad's side of the family, getting ready to get all royally screwed up. Her dad's side of the family on New Year's Eve has oyster stew. Okay. And I've heard you're only supposed to eat oysters in, in months with an in, R. The end, yeah, so it's your last hurrah with the because you don't have another month that ends with R for a while. I think it just has an R in the name. Is what I've always heard. Not necessarily ends with R. Oh, so January, so, February, March. Oh, uh, April. April. So May is when you'd run out. Yeah, basically, uh, and I think that goes back to before refrigeration, and it has to travel up here. Oh, uh, so okay. only eat it in the cold months. Yeah, because it has to travel. Oh, so it's not the last. Don't eat, yeah, don't eat oysters in summertime, this far inland, basically. Oh, okay. So that's at least that's that's my understanding. Okay. So all right, but yeah, it, months with an R in them. There's a lot of lore around food. Yeah, but we're not talking about food today. No, we're not. And welcome to episode eighty-eight of the What Makes Us Human podcast, right here discussing New Year's Eve stuff. Is John Lindeman, and over there is Jr. who is suffering from allergies, but yeah. he's making it. And today we are talking about. So this is something I've chewed on for a while. Um, it's so it's so vast that I. Oh Lord, you would. Somebody's gonna send me an uh, email eventually that I missed something on this. But today we're talking about the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Yeah, you sent me this, and I was like, okay, that's. That's very broad. It is very broad. Okay. But there's a lot to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we could make it. It's one of those things you could talk about in five minutes, or you could make an entire never-ending podcast about it. Sure. Yeah. So uh, it's very um, deep. <laughs> so when you think of the Pacific Ocean, what do you think of, Jared? I've never seen the Pacific Ocean, so oh. that's one of the things I think of. I've oh, you never been to California? Either? Never been to the West Coast. Okay. The furthest west I've been is Colorado. Okay. So, um, so that's one of the things that pop up. Um, but yeah, I mean, think of Hawaii and Alaska and all that as as that end of things. Uh, think about some of the islands out in the middle of the Pacific. I, I like. History, I like war history, so yeah. some of the World War II stuff comes up, yeah. comes to mind when you yeah. say the Pacific Ocean. So, the, I didn't realize this. You can Evidently, you can position the planet, like if you have a globe, but the globe would have to be exact, yeah. which it's not. But you, you can go into space, and when the Earth turns to a certain point, the entire planet, from if you're in the right spot, will look like a water world, and all you see is Pacific Ocean. Okay. From left to right, or right to left. I can see that. It's, Top very, to bottom. it's very big. It's very big. So there's a certain way you can position yourself with the planet, and that the whole planet is Pacific from your angle. Um, it's the largest ocean on Earth. You know what the second one is? I think it would have to be the Atlantic. Yeah. It's, yeah. I was, say, I was thinking of the other ones, and I was like, eh, they're smaller. Yeah. yeah. So the Pacific is the largest ocean on the planet. It has the second largest island in the world. Okay. Uh, New Guinea or, or and or Papua New Guinea. Okay. Uh, which is the one just to the northeast of Australia. 
And then the largest island in the world is in the Atlantic, and it is um, Greenland, which evidently is not really discovered by Eric the Red. Okay. Somebody prior to him had discovered it, and when he was exiled because of his hot temper, he uh, he went there because it's the only place he thought he could go, and then he decided to name it a nice name, so later he took people and colonized it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know much about that. Yeah. There's a lot of rabbit trails on the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. The Greenland thing, I was like, I, I think they named that, you know, to try to trick people into this is somewhere you can go farm. Because <laughs> Greenland is not green, and Iceland is more green than, than Greenland. Ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know who named the Pacific? That I do not. So Magellan named the Pacific in 1521. Uh, he took five boats. The mothership is the mothership. That makes me think of like <laughs> aliens. The mothership was Trinidad. Then the San, I'm just going to say them the way I say them. Okay. I'm from Guilford County, North Carolina. So the San Antonio, the Conception. I see a lot of sailors elbowing each other and giggling about that one. <laughs> We're on the Conception. Uh, the Victoria and the Santiago. Okay. Um, in 1521, he named it the Peaceful Body of Water because it seemed placid to him. So he compared it, to the Atlantic. Okay. Yeah. So he called it the Pacific. Um, the Hawaiian. So then that po- that that made me think. Okay. Obviously, people have called this body of water something way before 1521. Sure. Yeah. And man, is it a lot of vowels. <laughs> the Hawaiians called it. If I just blurt it out, I might get halfway to it. Moanan Wikea. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, the the Maori people call it Te Moana Nui Akiwa. It's kind of close. Sure. I mean, the way I said it, maybe not, but if you look at them on paper, they're pretty darn close. So it was a mouthful when he discovered it. When yeah. So let's just, call this something simpler. <laughs> the peaceful body of water. Yeah. But if you go to the North Shore, it doesn't look very peaceful. Um. Okay. So he named it its current name. Uh, it's home to Easter Island, which was discovered by a Dutch explorer on a Sunday morning. I don't have the year for that. That's the one with the heads. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So I thought we saw one of those at the Smithsonian in our trip this past week. Did they transport one of the stones off the island to Washington? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Um, it was rather large. I bet. <laughs> like, how large is large? So... There's this is this is completely based on the movie The Night at the Museum. Um, is that but, Ben Stiller? Yeah, but assuming The Night at the Museum, which you, I think takes place in the New York in New York, I think. Oh, okay. Um, the first one, second one's in Smithsonian, I think. But based on that, I think they have the more traditional what we think of one of the really big ones in New York. Uh, so this was a little smaller. Okay. Uh, didn't have as much of the neck. It was more. It was a little different shape. <laughs> Okay. So a little more just the head kind of thing. But yeah, they had one and had talked about how the cutouts for the eyes were for putting special stones on religious celebrations. Oh, that'd be creepy. Because the eyes are kind of concave. Yeah, that'd be creepy. Has anybody ever found one of those stones that goes in the eyes? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. They seem to know a lot about them, so I would imagine, but uh, who knows? They could be making all this stuff up. Right, and, yeah. You know, this is what we think happened, but they're just telling you, like, oh, this is what they did, so. Right, yeah. So, beneath the surface of the Pacific is the Earth's longest mountain range. 
the Mid-Oceanic Ridge, which stretches, are you ready for this? Almost 40,000 miles. Wow. Holy shamole. Completely underwater. Yes. So, like, from San Francisco to New Bern, North Carolina, it's like 3,000 miles. Yeah. This thing is like, I mean, that's how is that even possible? This thing's like 11 times, more than 11 times our continent. That is nuts. It is. So some of these numbers are almost astronomical. For for our planet, they're like astronomical. Yeah, they don't seem real. They yeah. don't seem real, yeah. So uh, now just getting ready to drop one on you. Oh, shoot. What was it? Oh, yeah, okay. So the Pacific covers more area than all the land on Earth, plus 10%. Okay. So if you took Antarctica, everything, if you took Pangea, and then added about 13% to it, Yeah, you'd have the Pacific Ocean. That is huge. Yeah, it really is. So this is why they always say if a massive meteor, asteroid, whatever, was going to slam into the Earth, it would probably hit the Pacific. Just the odds are in favor, yeah. Of the Pacific, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it also really helps you conceptualize, because I, I think we all know that the traditional maps and globes that we see of the proportions are, are jacked up to make it look good on paper, essentially. Yeah. I think we all know that, but this really helps, helps you wrap your mind. These numbers help you wrap your mind around the fact that the Pacific's a lot bigger than we think it is. than what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. And also it made me realize that, you know, <clears throat> I feel like, as humans, we're anthropomorphic centered. <laughs> okay. Everything's about us. You know? Yeah. But in all honesty, if there were another life, intelligent being out there, life on another planet, let's say, and they discovered us and they could get here, they would report back that they had found a watery world. Yeah. You know? Sure. And, and that most of that world was inhabited by water-born beings, fish, and such as that. Yeah. Because the minority of it is uh, land. Sure. Just, just looking at this, I'm like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the average depth, this thing covers 60 million square miles with an average depth of 13,000 feet. That's the average depth. Yeah. 13,000 feet. That is absolutely amazing. Like, if I go down to the bottom of a 12-foot pool, I feel like my head is going to explode. Sure. 13,000. That is unreal. And it makes me think, okay, so 13, that's the average depth, 13,000 feet. That is just a little bit less than half of Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mount Everest is what, 29,000, 29 feet or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I'm not sure right yeah, I think it's 29,000 feet. Okay. So the average depth of the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, is almost half the height of Mount Everest. This is why you get the idea that the tallest mountain in the world is actually in the Pacific, right? Mauna Kea. Yeah. 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 It's just mostly underwater. Mostly underwater. Yeah. Yeah. And it dwarfs the crap out of Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah. So the tallest mountain on Earth, that's that's a good yeah. point, is actually start, you got to start climbing underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you're talking tallest from sea level, that's a different thing. Yeah. But the actual tallest mountain, yeah. Yeah. Um, now the tallest mountain in the solar system is, I think, is on Mars. 
I think you're right. And I think it's like six times Mount Everest. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. It is huge. Um, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch uh, is obviously in the Pacific Ocean, and there's two of them. There's one, and because of the ocean currents, um, if you take, if you look at it with China on your left, or I guess, yeah, I guess you put China on your left and then like California on the right. Okay. And the, the Pacific Ocean is a giant face. Mm-hmm. You'd have two eyes set as far apart as they can be near the kind of closer to the coast. Okay. And those would be the two patches. Hmm. And then you have a long, in between them, you've got a long, narrow stretch um, of patch as well. Okay. So it it's gotten to the point now to where it almost stretches coast to coast across this thing. But most of it's barely underwater, but it is underwater and it's um, almost microscopic. Hmm. So you could be in the Pacific garbage patch and not even realize you're in it. Hmm. Interesting. The problem is um, seabirds. Now there are like the, there is a refrigerator float, you know, you know, a yeah. car upside down that had gone under yet. There's stuff like that. But the main Pacific garbage patch is not visible really. Even in, even if you're in a boat, I've heard you can't see it. You got to get down in there and in the water and yeah. you, can, you might be able to feel some of it. But um, basically a hundred percent of seabirds today, if a seabird dies and you pick it up and you cut into the gut, you'll, you'll have um, tons and tons of tiny pieces of plastic in there. Hmm. So now we're up to a hundred percent of seabirds um, ingesting plastic. And they say, I say they, I, I've looked into this some and everybody I look into with this, seems to to push the point that probably in the next 80 years we're probably going to lose all of our seabirds because of the ingestion of uh, microplastics constantly hmm. so I don't, that'll obviously have some effect on something sure sure be like remember seagulls oh, that'd be terrible no more seagulls but um so yeah the pacific garbage patch is like a big deal i was shocked to learn that you could be swimming in it and hardly notice it but it is it is there Right. The tallest mountain is in the Pacific. We've already talked about that. And I actually nailed Mount Everest. Mount Everest, which clocks in at 29,029 feet from its base to peak, is commonly referred to as the world's highest landmark. It's actually dwarfed in comparison to the Earth's actual tallest mountain. Um, people think when you flush a toilet in another hemisphere, it goes in the opposite direction. Evidently, that is a myth. Okay. <laughs> you ever heard that? I have. That you know you cross the equator when the toilet on the ship flushes the other way. Yes, I've heard that. And I've been to South America, but it was one of those I didn't think about it at the time and I got back and I tried to think, was it was it different or not? And I oh, yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. You know, I didn't think of it when I was there. All right. The world's deepest trench is in the Pacific Ocean. The Marianas trench. trench. It's located hundred and twenty four miles east of the Mariana Islands in the western area of the pacific ocean it's maximum known depth there might be a hole we ain't found yet but it's maximum known depth is thirty-six thousand feet and it's called also known as the challenger deep named after um a vessel that first uh took measurements right there and i think the first measurement was like in 1875 wow with a rope it's a lot of rope. That's a lot. I don't know how they did that, but, and I don't, certainly they didn't get that deep. Yeah. Yeah. But you imagine the look on their faces. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps going. And, like, do we have any more rope? 
I mean, is there a ship back then that could have held that much rope? Yeah. Good Lord. And uh, hats off to him for not getting it in a knot. Um, okay, so you ever seen Titanic? Uh, I'm not actually sure that I've seen it. Oh, you never seen Titanic? Uh, maybe I did a long time ago. But oh, I'm, wow. I'm not sure. That was We went to see that on a date night, Carrie and I, here in town at the old New Town. It's the right before they closed it. Okay. And my feet like actually stuck to the floor. I was gonna say it, it, it was by gross. then it was really yeah, gross. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we hadn't been dating long and I was not ready for it was a little awkward when the boobies come out. I was not expecting that in that movie. But you know, and he draws her, whatever. But um the was he the producer or the director, James Cameron of Titanic. Okay. Uh I think he's the only person to get down to the bottom of that trench. Okay. He went down in this little yellow submarine that had nine and a half inch thick glass that he could look out of one window. And um, he made it all the way to the bottom. And I'm going to give you a chance to guess what he saw on the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Unless he had a lot of lights, he probably he saw light. darkness. He had he actually okay. he had three batteries for his lights, okay, two backups, and he got down to the final backup and it worked. He was like, "Are oh, you gonna be kidding me?" And he did the final backup and it worked, and he could actually see the floor of the trench. So he's lower than any person's ever been. Okay, and guess what he saw? Weird sea creatures. He saw a plastic bag. Mm. He did see a couple of weird creatures, and he did see uh, what he thought was a candy bar wrapper and a plastic bag, which I think is kind of so. At that, I do. I, I got one complaint though. At that depth, yeah, I feel like I feel like somebody. I feel like I sound like someone who's complaining about the uh, flag on the moon in that picture. But at that depth, if you're at sixteen thousand pounds per square inch, yeah. What, wouldn't the bag just be flat as a pancake and unrecognizable? Yeah. Or, or kind of crumpled in on itself so much you can't tell what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, I don't know. So I got that one um, little complaint. And I got to go back. Let's see here. All right. The trench was first and the word is sounded by the Challenger expedition in the year 1875 using a weighted rope. All right, and they got down to 26,850 feet back then. That's a lot of rope. That's a lot of rope. That's almost enough rope to climb Mount Everest. 1951, Challenger 2 surveyed the trench using echo sounding. And they came in at 35,760 feet. Okay. Now, when James Cameron got to the bottom, uh, I found what he said back to the ship up above him that he was coming down from whatever the mothership uh he said surface this is deep sea challenger i am on the bottom depth is thirty five thousand seven hundred and fifty six feet life support is good everything looks good only now does it occur to me that i should have prepared something more memorable like this is one small step for man <laughs> that got me tickled when i first read that then he takes a look around the ocean the ocean floor. All right, let me get back now to my other notes. All right. John is fidgeting with technology. All right, we talked about Magellan in 1521. We talked about toilets. 
humans have only explored 20% of the Earth's oceans. That's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if that's, I don't know about that. I mean, given the depths we're talking about, I would, yeah, and the technology that we currently have, I would say that's probably accurate. There's yeah, a, they could probably tell that. There's a lot of, uh, there's probably a lot of sea creatures we still don't really know about. Right. March 26, 2012, that's when uh, James Cameron landed on the bottom of the trench. Okay. There are more artifacts in the Pacific Ocean than in all museums combined. Okay. So we know she does have a lot of gold. Sure. And a lot of dead, you know. Yeah. You know, it'd be awesome if you could just find all that stuff and just look at it and see the history and the stories. There's an area known as the Spacecraft Cemetery located in the Pacific Ocean. I am familiar with this. I had never heard of this. Where they, it's an area about as far away from people as they could manage. So if they have to bring uh, a satellite or something down, that's where they bring it down so they don't risk hurting someone, basically. All right. This this article off of facts.net says it's east of New Zealand. Yeah. So it could be out in the middle of yeah, it was basically, okay, what's the furthest away from inhabited islands we can get? And let's drop this stuff there. And there's a lot there, evidently. Yeah. So any satellite. Now, is this international? Like I think it's Chinese, I think it's become Russian. international, okay. yeah. Huh. I just think that's weird. We explore space and then take the trash from it and dump it in the ocean? I mean, I guess you've got to do something with it. And how does it not burn up on reentry? I think. I mean, a lot of it does, I think. Just yeah. what's left yeah. goes in there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, now this this one of the first things I learned about the Pacific a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, this is very interesting. I had never considered this. So there's a place, and it's probably near, there's a small island. Okay. And, of course, now I can't remember it, and I didn't write it down. I don't have time to look it up. But there is a small island in the Pacific. It, as soon as we get done with the podcast and start on our way home, I'll, I'll remember it. But um, it's one of the most remote places on Earth. And when you're on that island, the closest person to you is on the space station. I have heard that. Yeah. Isn't that not weird? Cause if you think about it, if you're in the space station and you go directly over this Island, you're only about what? 12 kilometers up. Okay. So that's pretty close to be honest with you. If you were to go 12 kilometers out on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. You're so remote. The closest person to you is in the space station. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a story, maybe we can, maybe it can be a future podcast episode of um, governments trying to establish colonies on some of these places that just really, there's not people there for a reason. They're not really inhabitable. The little um, islands? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's some interesting stories out there. You know, sometimes like getting into like Lord of the Flies kinds of, of, of things yeah. Uh, with putting these young men out and trying, you know, telling them to basically figure out how to, how to make life possible on these islands. There's some interesting stories. I would love to get into that. That'd be good. Yeah. Maybe it can be a future episode. Yeah. Uh, the ring of fire, which contains most of our active volcanoes uh, lies beneath the world's largest basin in the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So most, most, I didn't know this, most of our active volcanoes are underwater. Yes. We have a few that are active that are, yeah. 
That's that's yeah, that's a vague thing I remember from like earth science in seventh grade or whenever it was we had earth science, yeah. And I wonder, is there an underwater super volcano? Like a like a Yosemite, but it's underwater. No. It wouldn't surprise me. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Okay. Now Yosemite's fascinating because if that sucker goes off, that's lights out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's pretty much just lights out. It'll take a while for people in China, but that's lights out. Yeah. For like 200 years, you're not going to be able to see the sun probably worldwide. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That would be lights out. And if you survive that, you'd be skinny and very, very white. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd have no vitamin D for like two centuries. Um, okay. So this says most volcanoes are underwater on our planet, including the ring of fire. It forms a horseshoe-shaped belt called the Circum-Pacific Belt, and it stretches 25,000 miles and is 310 miles wide. has 75% of the Earth's volcanoes. That's amazing, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like the heart of the planet in a way. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, the volcanic island of Krakatoa is located in the Pacific, and in 1833, she blew. Yep. And she destroyed like 70% of the island when she did it. Yep. And look that up. It's very fascinating. Krakatoa is very fascinating. It deafened people over 100 miles away. They lost their hearing. Wow. That's how loud that was. And they say that the uh, the sound probably went around the earth like three times. Wow. And yeah, it was so... That's amazing. Yeah. Just shockwaved around the world. Point Nemo. Is the point where the uh, space station guy is the closest person to you? No. Point Nemo. It houses underwater rivers. Did you know that? There's there's underwater rivers under the Pacific? Kind of like the Gulf Stream in the Atlantic? Because that's essentially what... Like, there's some stuff... There's winds and stuff, too, but there's a current, basically a river running through the Atlantic. That's the Gulf Stream. I guess that's what this is referring to, because it says these undersea rivers can be found beneath the surface. Yeah. Okay. I was picturing them beneath the dirt at the bottom. Oh. Yeah, that makes more sense. I think it's more like a current, a specific current that just always flows that direction. So what I got out of this, oh, and something we got to mention is the Great Barrier Reef is there. Yep. And it's the largest living organism, they say, on the planet. Yep. So if, Off of Australia. If, yeah. Right. So if you're from another planet and you're like, I wonder what their largest being is, it wouldn't be the humpback whale or something like that. It would be, they would say, the Great Barrier Reef. Impossible. I think it all depends on defining the term, but yeah. Yeah, okay. They, they might consider that one massive organism. You, you certainly could. That's amazing. It's, it's one of those facts where it's like, it's kind of like saying, do you know what the largest organ in your body is? Your skin. Exactly. But okay. people don't think of skin as an organ. Right. Until you get your butt sunburnt real bad. <laughs> but it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not thought of, you, you, you think internal things for organs, you don't think skin. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say the Great Barrier Reef is similar. You know, you don't think necessarily think of that, but technically I guess it is. Huh. So you could put like a name badge, Tom, on a sloth, and on a gorilla, he could be Gary the Gorilla. And then you could actually put like one name badge on the Great Barrier Reef. I suppose. That's crazy. I, I don't know if it's like... Um, my tooth with my microphone. I don't know if it's like 
is it cypress trees where the roots are all interconnected? What is that called? The forest, the where it's kind of like panda. What's that called? Uh, and it's sure. it's one of the most it's largest. Kind of, it's kind of like it, oh, this is one big organism. That's right. All yeah. Connected. So I would think that's probably similar. I heard of stuff you should know on that years ago, and now I can't recall what the yeah. Yep. So yeah, I would say that's probably similar. It is very similar. Very good. Okay. Awesome. So this is one of those. I'm going to call it a day on the Pacific, but uh, I encourage you to check it out. You could spend a lifetime looking into this, like David Attenborough. And, I mean, just uh, Jacques Cousteau. And, man, it goes on and 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 on. Um, it's just really fascinating. Absolutely. Especially the depths and the width. It's just unbelievable. So it made me look at the planet in a whole new way. Oh, yeah. It made me want to go to the Yangtze River and yell, quit putting trash in because it's going to the Pacific. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that some of that stuff to see was frightening. Oh yeah. I'm like, why we gotta stop that? You yeah. know what I mean? My gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, very fascinating. It just made me look at our little blue marble a little bit different. Made me look at it as bluer. Your uh your topic today reminds me of uh I, I recently rewatched Master and Commander on the far side of the world. I've never seen uh, that. Is that good? It's good. Uh, I enjoy it. Where does he go? Um kind of i mean kind of everywhere so it it, it, you know it is on the far side of the world so there's there's a lot in the pacific but i mean they go around the horn and 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 all yeah um but it's good Uh, they go to the galapagos you know there's a part of me okay so when all the stuff we talk about from santa claus okay disclaimer on the okay a little bit of disclaimer on the santa claus Folks, if you got little ones, turn it down. But uh, just in case I blurt something out, to the Puckwudgies, to all you know, all these uh, Krampus, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, all these things we want to be real. There is one mystery left. There, there still is one piece of lore that we and we we alluded to it, and this is the ocean. Sure, we there is still a forest that we have not seen every tree. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really neat to me. Yeah, we're still discovering new creatures or creatures that we thought were myth or creatures that we thought were extinct, and we're still finding them deep in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird that um, it's, don't they don't they say that sixty six years or sixty two years separates the two photos from um, oh shoot, what's the place right there, uh, the Outer Banks where they first flew? Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, Kill Devil Hills. Yeah. Uh, Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk. Kitty there Hawk. we go. Uh, they say like 62 to 66 years separates the photo of the first man flight of Kitty Hawk and the guy standing on the moon with the flag. Okay. You know? Yeah. But we still evidently have not, um, we still haven't seen all the world. Sure. Yeah. We were able to go up, but we still haven't gone down to all the places. And that's really neat to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So of all the lore and stuff, there's still one place left, and that's the ocean. There's been a mystery to it, especially in literature. Um, in Revelation, it refers to in heaven the glassy sea. There's no more mystery because you can see to yeah. the bottom. You know, um, yeah, yeah. So there's always been a mystery to to it, no matter what kind of literature you read or what culture you're from. We always kind of look at the ocean like hmm, a little bit of respect, you know. When you can't see the bottom. It's creepy. Yep. Yep. All right. You got anything else? 
I got it. I just have to because I could be here for 16 hours talking about this kind of stuff. So, nope, I'm good. All right. All right, folks. Well, you can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can email us, WMUHpodcast at gmail.com. If whatever platform you're listening to this on allows you to leave a review, we always appreciate those. And uh, we'll maybe go out and look for some reviews and maybe read some of those on some future episodes. Like, rate, and subscribe. And if you work in this field, we would love, love to hear from you on this one. Absolutely. I would dearly love to hear from you and get in touch with you. And I got like 80,000 questions I could ask you. But I can narrow that down to 10. So, yeah, if you're in this field, please uh, contact us with some extra info. And, I mean, I could see a Skype call in the future with you. So, yeah, get in touch. Thanks. All right. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Later.